Amen. All right, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I tell you what, it is good to be here at Landmark Baptist Church. This is the place that uh, I surrendered to the ministry. I surrendered to the ministry at Landmark Baptist Church. As a matter of fact, uh, um, I met my wife, and when I first met her, uh, we were kind of courting each other, and uh, she kept bragging about this preacher friend that she uh, knew, and uh, and she kept talking about how wonderful this preacher and this pastor was. And she said, man, this guy can catch fish like nobody's business. He can uh, preach the word. He can walks the dogs and brings the puppies and all that. And uh, she just bragged and bragged about how this wonderful man was. And was talking about Dr. Mike Daniels, right? So I come. So we come down, and she, the first weekend I make it to Tyler, she takes me out to meet the great Mike Daniels, and he's sitting on a, uh, he's got this old, ratty old RV parked up there at, uh, over there at the, where is it, Lake, the village is over at uh, Holy Lake, Palestine, and uh, he was wearing his coveralls, and he was covered in uh, catfish guts, and his hair sticking up, and he's playing with his dentures in his mouth and all that stuff, and I'm like going, my word, this is the great Mike Daniels, all right then. I said, he sure smells uh, holy, amen. But uh, and then that Sunday we went. I came to church uh, here at the Landmark Baptist Church, and we uh, sitting in there. And Brother Mike, you know, they had the service. I don't think Julie and, and Mark were leading services then, but I think it was. Uh, but anyway, uh, there was a <clears throat> who was it? Oh, Brother Mike gets up and goes, "Hey, uh, there's old sister so and so. She just got out of rehab. Y'all give the Lord a clap offering for old sister so and so. And everybody's like, woo! And there's old brother so and so. He just got out of jail. Let's hope he don't go back. Amen. Oh, I'm like, and I'm looking over my wife and go, what kind of church is this? Got a bunch of convicts and drug addicts and all that mess. And little did I know, uh, I was amongst my own people. Amen. You know, there but for the grace of God go I. But I tell you what, I surrendered the ministry. I'm glad, not glad that Miss BJ's feeling bad, but uh, this is actually my first time ever preaching a full message at Landmark Baptist Church. When I started ministry, we used to have the preacher boys. We did these preachers off, preach offs, right? And Miss BJ'd sit in the back, and we only got five minutes. Well, sometimes that seems like a long time, but, you know, once you get better at it, you kind of want to talk a little bit more. You want to brag on the Lord. Well, she, uh, she'd sit there in the middle of it, and she'd just scream, time, and she'd just yell at you when time was up. So I'm glad she's not here to yell at me, time, so I'm going to take all the time I need. Amen. 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 God is good. All right. And all the time, just in case you forgot. Amen. Well, I'm here this morning to talk to you about Jesus. I hope that's okay. I want to preach on Jesus. I don't think there's any other name that we should talk about other than Jesus. So, amen. So, if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to open them up to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 13. I think this is important. Verse 1 through 13. If you're a Christian, you should have your Bible. It's your sword of the Lord. Amen. Just like a fireman, don't show up to a fire without his fire hose and hat and gear. You're a cop. You don't show up without your, your gun belt. Amen. So Christians should always be equipped with the Word of God because we are in a spiritual battle. So those of you who may have left your weapons at home, we will put the scriptures on the screen. Amen. So we come well armed, well strapped today. Amen. And the Word of God says in Acts chapter 4, verse 1, He says, And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. 
And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day. For it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed. And the number of the men that came to, came was about 5,000. And on the next day, their rulers and their elders and their scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Ananias, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we were being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given on men, among men by which we must be saved. One more. Now when, they were, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, Common men, they were astonished, and they recognized they had been that they had been with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We praise you and give you honor and glory today. Lord, we thank you for loving us the way you do. Lord, I ask that you would help me hide behind the cross, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move amongst the people today, that everyone with ears would hear the message that they would hear today that you've prepared, and that they would not just be hearers of the word, but they be doers of the word as well. Lord, we love you. We thank you in the Christ's holy name. Amen, 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 amen. And by the way, preaching is a participatory sport. You are welcome to participate as well. Amen, hallelujah, praise God. Clap your hands. I don't care. That's all right. I know we're in a Baptist church, but it's all right. We can give God the glory. Amen, amen. So I want to talk to you a little bit this morning. Of course, we're going to talk about Jesus, but I think that there's three kind of churches we know in the Bible talks about three different kinds of churches. It talks about the dead and dried up church. They're just waiting for the dirt to be put over them. Amen. Uh, and there's other church. That's the church that's on fire. It's constantly uh, trying to find of ways to tell people about Jesus. Amen. That's a church that's on fire. And then the third is a church that says they want to be on fire, but they never quite get things right for that to happen to people in the community. Right? We can call those folks more like lukewarm church. So there's a story about a village atheist, right? He wasn't a bad man. He was a good man. And he didn't believe in God, nor was he interested in church, the only church that actually was in that hometown. But one night, this church caught on fire, and the whole town comes running to help put out the fire of the church. And uh, here comes this atheist. And one man noticed that this atheist had come to church, and he said, hey, uh, uh, this is something new for you. This is the first time we've ever seen you running to church. And the atheist replied, he says, Well, this is the first time I've ever seen the church on fire. Amen. So, folks, I mean, what I'm, my point of that is, 
is that's funny, but the point is, people are drawn to the fire. People are drawn to things that are happening. You can't sit and wait for things to happen for people to then go, well, once we get enough this and once we get enough that, then the church will start doing things. Then God will start moving. Man, you need to start a fire. Amen. We need to be the fire. The Bible says that we are the light of the world. We need to show, not shine that light. Now, you've probably been a Christian for a while, and you might have sat in a dead church or two. Right? That never seems to get off the ground. I think I've been in all kinds of churches. Matter of fact, I think I, I pastored a dead church. I pastored a lukewarm church. You know, and I don't think yet I've ever pastored a, a fire church. But you know what? I, don't, I keep preaching it. Amen? Just because we ain't there yet don't mean we can't keep trying. Amen? So I think Landmark Baptist Church is a growing church. I know that when I first surrendered to the ministry here, there was many, many people who came to the Lord, surrendered to the ministry, surrendered to the missions, who had gone out and done great works, and they always had a heart to reach the community. That's why when I had first come to Landmark and I had seen that the, the pastor was bragging about somebody who come out of rehab and that God was working in their life, and when I saw that somebody who come out of prison and God was working in their lives. I even met a man one time in church at Landmark had a swastika tattooed his head. Man, that man was full of the Holy Spirit more than anybody else I ever knew, right? Because he know he repented of his sins and trusted Christ as a Savior. It's not where we've been, it's where we are with Christ, amen? And I said, that's a church that's trying to win people to Christ. I've been to other churches before that, but man, we had some great music, man, we had some great programs, and we had all kinds of cool stuff with the youth, and we had all kinds of great stuff for the children, and there's all kinds of plastic, shiny people and their plastic, shiny steeples, man, but there was never any work. Right? There was never any really fire breaking loose in that place. And that's one of the things when I first surrendered to the ministry, why I was so drawn to it, is that I, when I, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll, I'll wait for you. I'll put that back. Put that back in my pocket. So some people say all you need for growth in a church is new people. If we just had new converts, then our church will grow. If we had more people, then we could do more things. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, you don't need more people. you got enough people, amen? What you need is people on fire for Jesus, amen? You need people who are Christians who are so excited about Jesus Christ that they can't help but talk about him. Everywhere they go, every place, the grocery store they go to, every, uh, every uh, I would say casino, but no, y'all don't go to casino. Everywhere you go, amen, you should be talking and bragging about Jesus. And people are going, man, what's wrong with you, man? Everywhere you go, you're bragging on Jesus. Where do you go to church? I go Landmark the Baptist Church, man. Little the lighthouse on the hill, man. And we telling people about Jesus. It don't matter where you've been, whether you have a swastika on your head, or whether you're a drug addict, or whether you're black, white, green, or yellow, man. We all are trying, trying to brag about Jesus. Right? Amen. That's what uh, was it? Billy Graham says. He, somebody's bragging on him. He said, man, I'm just a beggar trying to tell another beggar where to find some bread. Amen. And that's all we are. Amen. That's all we are. We need to tell people. So why do I say all this? Well, I said my message was about Jesus, amen? But you can't have a church about Jesus unless the church is on fire. Dead churches don't talk about Jesus, amen? They preach a social gospel and say, hey, we all just need to get along to get along, amen? They want to brag about all this. Man, I ain't worried about what's going on in this world. Man, this world's falling apart. The Bible tells us it's supposed to fall apart. I can go try to reach across the aisle and try to kumbaya with somebody, or I can try to do this, or I can tell somebody about Jesus, Right? There will always be conflict in the Middle East. There will always be conflict with men. There will always be conflict between men and women. There will always be husbands and wives arguing. There will always be some type of thing. There's always some kind of problem, even with the poor. 
right? They said, well, maybe what are we supposed to do about the poor? Jesus said, the poor you'll have always, right? But with me, you only have a short time. We have a short time on earth to preach the gospel. Some of you have lived long lives, amen? Some of you in uh, high decay, right, amen? Like me, Brother Ken's over looking at me. I'm not talking about you, bro. But uh, we, uh, some of us have been living a long time, but it doesn't matter how long you've been alive, we still need to be telling people about Jesus. It doesn't matter whether you're a teenager, a youth, whatever. You need to be bragging about Jesus, amen? Lively churches talk about Jesus, and, <clears throat> and they invite Jesus to make the changes in our lives. Amen? Genesis chapter 22. I need a drink. And no, this isn't vodka. It's water. Amen. Genesis chapter 22. The Bible tells us about Isaac. He asked his father Abraham, as he was about to be the sacrifice, he goes, well, there's the wood, and there's the fire, but where's the lamb? Churches today... Church, today, I want to ask you something. Where's the fire? Where's the fire? Fire doesn't come from your pastor. Fire doesn't come from your Sunday school teacher. Fire don't come from your worship leader. It comes from the church, amen? You are the church. You are the body of Christ. There's a, early, a preacher from the early 1900s. His name was R.G. Lee, and he said this. He said, God never intended for the church to be a refrigerator in which to preserve perishable people. He intended it to be an incubator in which we hatch converts. Amen? Landmark Baptist Church is to be a hospital for sinners. Amen? A hospital for sinners, not a rest home for the saints. It's to be a battleship for warriors prepared to enter into spiritual warfare, not to be comfortable, not to be at ease, just sitting and going, oh, thing everything's good to go. But we're supposed to be a battleship, not a cruise ship. Amen. The Bible calls us to be fishers of men, not keepers of the aquarium. All right. In case it was too obvious to miss, I want to go back to verse 13. It says this. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated and untrained men, that's us, right? It doesn't matter you had to go to seminary. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to go to Bible college. You don't have to do anything else other than be with Jesus, amen, to tell people about Jesus. It's in Jesus alone. I've known people that have gone to all kinds of colleges and universities and are educated beyond their intelligence, amen? Man, they think they're smart because they got all these initials. But, man, they don't know nothing about Jesus. And I've known people who could barely read and write, who've been in prison, been homeless, been whatever, and they preach with more fire and boldness than any other seminarian I've ever seen in my life because it's not about what you know, but who you know. Amen. Some of y'all catching it. All right. It's who you know. And people are looking for Jesus. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, that qualifies all of us, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Amen. Come on, y'all don't be afraid to say his name. Don't be afraid to say that name. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power unto God until salvation. Amen. Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It says the world is looking for some people who have been with Jesus. You know that? People are looking for somebody who's been with Jesus. I know um, 
Man, sometimes we think, if only I had a certain title, if I had a certain position, then people will listen to me. Man, people aren't listening to you because you have a title. They don't care whether your name's coach, doctor, pastor, reverend, teacher, policeman, fireman, whatever you think, lawyer. They don't care. People want to hear somebody who knows Jesus. People are hungry for Jesus. Man, we are living in a time now that, man, if you don't believe that the Lord's coming soon, man, and that he's got a movement going on, then you're blind. Man, people are hungry for Jesus. Man, we don't need to get involved in the politics and the strife between, you want to talk about racial injustice and all that stuff. Man, people are dying going to hell. Well, I care about the soul, not the flesh of man. I don't care about man's justice. I care about God's justice. And I want to see people know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that's our primary goal. People are hungry for that. We have the words of life. Amen? Come on, church. We have the words of life. Man, and people are hungry for that. If you're a Christian this morning, the name of Jesus is special to you. He is the Savior of your life. He's the one that paid a high price that you couldn't pay. Jesus loves you and he knows and you know that he has a plan for you. And your plan isn't just to sit and get. Your plan is to get and go, man, to learn about Jesus and tell about others about Christ. It's not just it's to make Jesus known unto the world. Amen. That's your mission. In case you didn't know and you're waiting for somebody to tell you, your job is to let people know about Jesus. Make Jesus known unto the world. Quit hiding them. Jesus loves you very much. He paid a high price for your sins. I got to go to Israel uh, earlier this year, and I got to walk where Jesus walked and eat where Jesus ate and sat where Jesus sat in the areas there. And man, it just brings it alive, the power and the price that Christ paid uh, for our sins. And I think we take too much as Christians, especially those who have been saved for a while, we kind of get a little comfortable, right? We, we forget to go tell people about Jesus. When we first got saved, man, we're telling people about Christ all the time. And then all of a sudden we start getting rejected and rejected and made fun of and ridiculed and hurt and scarred and, you know, all these kind of things, man. And we start to forget about our salvation. Even David did that, right? He says, restore unto me the Lord the joy of my salvation. If you realize the joy of your salvation, man, you can't help but tell people about Jesus. People are more excited about football and baseball and basketball starting back up than they are about Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, I don't care if they ever open up again. I want people, I want, I want to know about Jesus Christ. I want people talking about him, man. I want to be persecuted for Christ's sake. And guess what? It's coming. It's coming. Jesus loves you and he has a plan for your life. Just think about the songs that we sang. We sang some wonderful songs today. Man, I was like, ooh, the Holy Spirit done told him what we're talking about today. Amen? It's Jesus. But we sing songs like, Lord, I lift your name on high. Because his name is worthy to be lifted on high. Amen? We sing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Right? There's something about that name, Yeshua. Right? Just a beautiful name. The name of Jesus is that name that every knee will bow and every tongue confess as Lord. Have you met Jesus? It's kind of weird to ask a church people if they met Jesus, but I've met lots of people in church who haven't met Jesus. Do you really know him? Biggest question, does he really know you? <clears throat> the Bible tells us how to know Jesus. The Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration it's God-breathed. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction. It tells us what's right. Amen? How am I supposed to know what's right unless I read the Bible? How do I know what's wrong? Because it's in the Bible. 
how to get right, how to stay right. Acts chapter 2, in the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to dwell within the lives of the believers. People are filled with the Spirit. As a result, once fearful disciples, they talked about that in Sunday school today, right? They were followers of Jesus for a long time, but it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came and dwelt within them did they become what? They had the boldness of the Holy Spirit and became ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we are, is we are ambassadors. We represent Jesus Christ everywhere we go. If Christ is in you, you should represent Christ and represent him well. Amen. I think Lecrae sings a song about that. Amen. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen with the name of Muhammad. It doesn't happen with the Mormon prophets. It won't happen with Buddha. It won't happen with Confucius. It won't happen with any name under the sun other than Jesus Christ. Boldness comes from the name of Jesus Christ, comes through the Holy Spirit. It happens in the name of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the only one that is alive and well today. Amen. We serve a risen Savior. He is alive and well today. Amen. I don't want you to remember that. Forget this. We need the power of God working in our lives. Amen. We need the power of God working in our lives and in the church. Acts chapter 3, verse 6, Peter was speaking with when confronted about healing a man, right? He, was, he healed the man at the gate. He had been a leopard or not a leopard. He had been crippled, and he healed him. The person came to him and said, hey, give me some silver. I need some food, right? I need some money for food. We see that all the time in the church. People come to the church and they want to, they want money for food or they want money to pay the bills and start that. And we think, you know what? That's not what people need. You know what they did? They didn't give them silver or gold. He says right here, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. They gave them Jesus. When somebody comes to you wanting uh, food or money, give them Jesus. Because, man, the body's good. You'll always be hungry. You'll always have some need. There's always these things, man. But people are hungry for Jesus. That might be a divine appointment. Man, I know Christians have this battle all the time when we deal with, with folks that come up and asking for stuff. And we kind of go, what do we do? Man, that's your divine appointment to tell them about Jesus Christ. Man, let the Holy Spirit lead you from there. But invest in people. Man, Jesus invested in you, right? He invested in you. Somebody invested in you also. I'd say Brother Mike invested in me and other Christians in this church invested in me. You know what? It's our time to invest in others. It doesn't matter what they look like, what they smell like, where they come from, how they talk, whatever that is. We need to invest in them because Jesus loved you, a wretched sinner. Hello? Right? <laughs> and if he can love you and he can forgive you, he can forgive me and he can forgive them as well. Amen? Be on fire for Jesus. So... I want you to write this down or remember it. If we've been with Jesus, if we've been with Jesus, we will be changed. You cannot have an encounter with Jesus and not be changed. Something out, you'll go, well, how is that possible? Not everybody came to know Christ. Yeah, some people will follow him and some people will be rejected and more angry at him. That's okay, but you'll be changed. People need not have to guess whether or not you've been with Jesus. People shouldn't guess whether or not you're a Christian or not. They should be able to tell because all you do is talk about him and you drive people nuts because all you do is talk about Jesus. Amen. I remember one time, one time early in my ministry, we, I was pastoring a little church and my wife, she wanted to bring some teacher friends over to the house. And she said, can we have one night where you're not trying to preach the Bible and witness to my friends? Can we have one normal night? I said, honey, we ain't normal people. Amen. 
We ain't normal people. We're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't go up to the ambassador of, of Russia, go to his house, and not expect him to talk about Russia. You don't go up to the Russian ambassador of, of Zimbabwe and have him not talk about Zimbabwe, right? You don't go to a Christian ambassador of Jesus Christ and not expect him to talk about Jesus, amen? I, I got something to brag about. I'm just going to tell you. But Jesus changes his life, changes their lives. I sometimes use this phrase, I can show you better than I can tell you. Right? Because one, I'm not too smart, so I can't articulate it. It's better just to show you how to do it. The thing is, same thing. People don't want to hear what you have to say. They want to see how you live your faith out. Amen? Don't just talk the talk. They want to see you walk the walk. Amen? They want to see it in your life. This is what I saw when I came to Landmark. When I came to Landmark, I've been to other churches, and I heard phenomenal pastors that could preach the word and teach the word better than most people I know. But when I came to Landmark, I got to run around with Brother Mike. And I was with him one time. We went to a courthouse, and he was wearing a suit. And he said, boy, come tag along with me. I said, yes, sir, we'll go. And we run it over to the courthouse and so he could stand with somebody who was on probation or whatever. And then we go over to the hospital, go visit somebody who was sick. And then some lady called up and said, hey, Brother Mike, do you know a number, number of a plumber that I could call to fix my commode? My commode's not working. And he's like, well, honey, I'll be there in a minute. And then we've been gone eight hours. He go, we show up there. He takes his jacket off. He throws it off <clears throat> on the sink. And he rolls up a sleeve. And he shoves his arm down the toilet of a filthy commode and unclogs his commode for this old lady. Fishes and adjusts a few things, washes his hands, says, Lord bless you. I'll see you later. And I was like, my word. And then I see him go out there at the same time, take his jacket off, work on somebody's air conditioning. I said, my word, if this is what Christianity's about, I can do this. Because this is not only talking the talk, but it's walking the walk. It's showing people that you love them. You can tell them you love them, but nothing says I love you than being there, right? And the good times and the bad. And that's what I think really inspired me. Now, <clears throat> nobody could do that like Brother Mike could. I tried to when I was pastoring, but I was burning out both ends. I couldn't quite do it, but he was inspired. But the thing is, nobody could ever say that Brother Mike wasn't with Jesus. Amen? Same thing with Brother Mark and Miss Julie. They got a good hand, a good work here with the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 says this, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. It's all about the power of God. It's all about God. Second thing, if you have been with Jesus, you will care for other people. That was one thing I never saw before. When I'd go to other churches, I one time went to my, my marriage was struggling, and I'd gone to this other church, and I went down to talk to the pastor about my struggling marriage, and they just put me off. They said, I ain't got time for you. You know? Do they really care about people if they don't want to hear, listen to the hurting? And one thing I saw about Landmark, even though I didn't kind of, I, by the way, I, was, I grew up an army brat, so I grew up moving around to different, plan, different planets. I lived in different countries. <clears throat> I, well, I did live in Oklahoma, so that was a plan, different planet, I guess, in California. But anyway, I was, uh, lived in different countries growing up, and so um, where was I going with that? I lost my track. And that's it. Amen. Good job. All right. <laughs> Oh, no, I was used to being around different people, right? But I, then I became a cop, and I joined the Marines, and I was a Marine, and I joined a cop. 
and then I was a cop. <clears throat> and so I always thought I was better than other people in a sense, because, you know, pride does that. I'm a Marine, so, of course, we're better than all the other branches of service, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, I know, well, if you don't agree, you can't get saved yet, but that's okay. We, uh, <clears throat> Brother Ken's in the Navy, picks on me all the time. I said, well, thank you, cab driver. Uh, they, they drove us around everywhere, but anyway, we... Uh, but then I became a police officer. I always had this sense of pride. I had this self of, you know, we have this ego. Most men have egos and type A personality. We have egos. Then I became a cop. And, I, man, I'm fighting justice. I'm fighting against bad guys and all that stuff. And I would arrest people for different things. And then it wasn't later I kind of go, hmm, I arrest people for things I used to do too, <laughs> like drunkenness and fights. I'm like, holy cow, man. So I kind of get started getting convicted of that because I sit there and think I'm better than that. And then when the Lord brings me here to Landmark and I start talking to other people and hearing their stories and seeing where they're at, I'm going, man, uh, we were doing building the other sanctuary at the other church, and I was sitting around with other deacons during this building project, and they were telling me their stories about how their past life. And these were great godly men, right? They had, these are deacons and, and leaders and Sunday school teachers and missionaries, and they were telling me their stories and their life stories where they had been divorced, where they've been alcoholics, where they've been in jail, they've been drug addicted to drugs, right? And I was sitting there going, man, here I am a hypocrite, sitting there judging other people, but there but by the grace of God go I. How many times did I go out and act a fool and get in fights and act, you know, do things that could have been led me down that path, right? So I was convicted by then. It was during that time my conversion happened. My conversion was, I trusted Christ as my Savior, but I never fully turned my life over to him. And it was during those times listening to other people, uneducated, untrained men, right? And I started seeing their lives and their testimony and what Christ had done in their lives because they were willing to share that with me, that I was able to say, I trust you as my Lord. And that's what opened my life and changed my life. You have a story that you only some, that, that's unique to you and how you came to know Christ. And I think it's vitally important that we don't hide our light under the bushel, but we share that with other people so they too can understand Christ and they too can be converted. Amen? Amen. I'm going to skip that. Because they told me I was only about to preach for a little bit, so I, I said, well, I don't know how to do that. But... Uh, <clears throat> you got to remember, the third thing is, if you've been with Jesus, you will have godly boldness. The Sanhedrin questioned Peter. He said, by what power or by what name have you done these things? And he said, by the power of Jesus Christ. He preached the gospel. Peter preached the gospel. All he did was preach the gospel. All you're supposed to do is preach the gospel. Man, we can't do anything in our own strength. We can't do anything in our own wisdom, in our own ability. If you do, you'll find burnout. Amen? You'll find failure. You'll find frustration and pride will enter in if you try to do it in your own strength. And you'll see that your fire will dwindle and flicker to a flame and then to a small spark. And eventually go out. When the Bible talks about in the name, the Greek word for that means by the authority from which, um, the, the authority of, right? This means the authority of. So when we do things in the authority of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we do these things in his name. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. By his authority, we do these things. By the same way a policeman uh, makes an arrest, he doesn't do that on his own because he goes, I don't like you. He does it by the authority of the law, right? And he, the, the authority given unto him. 
because they have authority behind them that's more than just themselves. Jesus taught his disciples, and, his, and he teaches us that we can do things far more than our ability. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Amen. I can do this, not because of you. When you sit there and start telling people, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't witness, I can't share my faith with other people, I can't share my testimony, because you're only thinking about yourself. But you need to remember, how much more do you love Christ, man? I love him so much more that I'm going to do these things because Christ will strengthen me to do it. Amen. Just be obedient. You don't have to like it. <laughs> First time I started going door knocking and witnessing people, I didn't like it. I still don't like it, right? But man, every time I don't do, I do, I just, it's, it's about obedience. The Lord don't care what you, you really like or not, just obey Him. Amen? And you'll find something miraculous happens. When you're obedient, all of a sudden your heart starts to change. And the things you didn't like, you now like to do. And you have a passion and love for it. Just like when the Bible says, pray for your enemies, right? Pray for me. Boy, I tried that. Boy, I was mad too. This guy... When you become a pastor, people, the Lord said, go, if you love me, Peter, go feed my sheep, right? But he didn't say the sheep bite. And so I had several bite men come up to me, and I was like, Lord, I'm mad, I'm mad at them. I want you to do something. But I started praying for them. I was praying sincerely for them, and I didn't do it because I wanted to. I didn't do it because I loved them. I did it because I loved the Lord, right? I loved the Lord. And guess what? The next time I prayed for him, my heart changed a little bit more. The next time I prayed for him, my heart changed a little bit more. And each time, and by, it was probably a month later, I saw this guy come into the church house. And, man, I was so excited to see him. I ran up and gave him a hug. And had he come in a month earlier, I'd come punched him out. Amen. But uh, it's because that's what God does when we're obedient to him. Amen. There's no other name but Jesus. We do what we do because God told us to do it, because God said so. Jesus came into the world to be a, do the will of the Father. Amen? It's that simple. There's no other name for healing but Jesus. There's no other name for eternal life but Jesus. There's no other salvation but Jesus. There is no other name for restoration than Jesus. Amen? There's no other name for comfort, hope, forgiveness, peace, protection, or truth. Jesus' name is enough. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, 9 says, let's not, let's not grow weary in well-doing, for in due time we shall reap if we don't faint. Romans 8, 31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Jesus is all we need. Amen. Jesus, if Jesus is all you got, that's all you need, man. Right? What's that song? By, uh, I can't remember. He said, uh, you can have this world, but give me Jesus. Amen. Man, that's all we need. On your dying bread, on your deathbed, you're not going to be saying, man, I wish I had more money, wish I had more vacation time, wish I had more food to eat, right? Some of us had way too much to eat already, amen? But it's, <laughs> I need Jesus, amen? Martin Luther, the father of the Reformation, once had a dream where he was in his house and he saw Jesus coming up the walk toward the door and Luther examined his surroundings in his house, and everything was an absolute mess. He had food on the table, clothes were strewn over chairs, and he was a frantic trying to clean it up. But Jesus came to the door and started knocking on the door. Amen. I'm going to broke that. Amen. He says, how, can I, how am I going to let the Lord of my life, Jesus Christ, come into this mess that I have in my house? But when Jesus kept knocking... He said, i got to go answer the door. So he answered the door, and he said this. He said, Jesus, come on in. 
if you think that you could come into a place like this, this mess of a place that I've created. And as he turned, he saw that everything in his house had been put in order. Everything was in its place. Everything was in its proper place. The house was immaculate as Christ entered in. Man, we have this conception in our mind that when I get sober, I'll come to know Jesus. When I get my life straight, then I'll come to Jesus. When I, when I, when I quit doing this sin, then I'll come serve Christ. When I, when I learn this thing or get this seminary degree, then I'll tell people about Jesus. It's always something else other than being obedient to Jesus. Man, don't wait. Don't make excuses. Be obedient to Christ. If Jesus says do it, do it. Amen. Just do it. Just do it, man. All of our lives are a mess. My life is a mess. My life was a mess before I got saved, right? My life is still a mess. And guess whose fault it is? It's mine. But guess what? He didn't say, make your life straight, then follow me. He said, follow me, right? Follow me. Be obedient to Christ. Obey him. He'll take care of that. When I trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior, he took care of the mess. He took away some of those addictions. And guess what? When I struggle with them, you know what? He still works with me. He still forgives me. And he still works with me on those things. The Bible says when we trust Christ as our Lord and Savior, he makes in us a new creation. It is Jesus that changes our lives. We can try to fix things on our own. But Jesus changes things. We are triers. Jesus is doers. Amen. If you've been with Jesus, our lives will be changed. Our lives will be filled with compassion. Our lives will be filled by a spirit and will be courageous men and women for God. Boldly sharing the gospel. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Right? For it is the power of salvation unto men. That's the thing. One thing. There's a lot of things in my life and probably a lot of things in your life that you're ashamed of. Probably things that you think of or said or have done in your past that you're ashamed of. But you should never be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Mm. By what power or what name do you do this? By the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this message that you prepared for us this day. Lord, I pray now that your Holy Spirit would move amongst your people, that you'd open the hearts and the minds of those that are here. Lord, that we would repent of our sins, repent of our disobedience. Lord, that we would just be excited for you and how much you love us and we realize the high price that was paid for us. Lord, that Jesus is knocking on our door right now, knocking on the hearts of, the doors of our hearts, asking to be let in. And I pray, Lord, whether we are Christians, have been Christians for a long time, and maybe our, our lights dimmed out, maybe we've lost the joy of our salvation. Lord, I pray that you would restore unto that, that fire in our heart. Lord, that you restore unto us that passion to serve you, to, to share the gospel of Christ, no matter the scars, no matter the battle, no matter whether anybody follows us or not. Lord, we still believe in you and follow you. Lord, I pray today if there's no, if someone here that doesn't know Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they've never trusted Christ, they might have followed Jesus because he was entertaining. Maybe they followed Jesus because he was, you know, he was just some something to do, or that's just what people did. But they've never trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. They've never truly repented of their sins and asked Christ to forgive them and ask Christ to be the Lord. Lord means master over our hearts and our lives. That it's not our lives. Christ paid a high price for us. We are not our own. We belong to him if we would just trust Christ as our Lord and Savior. There's no other way into heaven 
but Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one come unto the Father except through him. If you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of salvation. It's not tomorrow when you figure it out. It's now. I pray, Holy Spirit, move now. Touch the hearts. Shake the hearts of these people now. Lord, anyone that doesn't know Christ, let them come today. Let us not put off tomorrow. None of us are promised tomorrow. You could come tonight. You, some of us may pass away. We don't know what tomorrow lies. lies. But we know that salvation is today. Salvation is now for those who've heard this message. For those that are Christians and have received this message, they're celebrating in their hearts and they're also praying for salvation for those that are in here. But for those that don't know Christ and they're hardening their hearts to this message, I become your worst enemy because now you're accountable to what you've heard today. It's up to you to act. Not just be hearers, but be doers of the Word of God. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Those of us that are in, the, in, that are in Christ, let us renew the fire that's within us, Lord. Let people be drawn to Jesus because of our passion and love for Jesus Christ. There's nothing good in us, Lord, but only you. I pray that your Holy Spirit will move. And I've done all the talking a man can do. We ask for the Holy Spirit to move now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.